we know that the word of God is a powerful weapon, one that we can and should use to beat up the devil with. How many times have you been in a crisis or a life circumstance, a stressful situation, a demonic attack, and you wished you had a Bible verse that you could just whip out and use to beat the devil silly? Well, today I'm going to be sharing with you some Bible verses that you can write on your heart, meditate on, and pull out at a moment's notice anytime you need to beat the devil silly. Stay tuned. Apples. Welcome back to the weekly podcast, The Good Apple, with me, your host, Sharonda Simone. The Good Apple is a place where Christ followers, at any stage of your walk, can learn to apply powerful, life transformative biblical truths to live in the world, but not of the world, according to John 15. We are a community of kingdom kids who live bright lives, seasoned and salty, with lots of godly flavor to enhance the world as directed in Matthew 5. We are the remnant of God's people, the good apples, who invite God into our everyday lives and live in success, health, wealth, prosperity, peace, and applied biblical knowledge as those spoken of in Isaiah 65. Apples, welcome or welcome back. Apples, welcome back to the weekly podcast, The Good Apple, with me, your host, Sharonda Simone. All righty, so we are on episode number seven. You guys already know that I am hype. I am excited because I know that Holy Spirit is going to show up and show out. Okay, so again, I just wanted to welcome you. If this is your first time listening, be sure to check the other episodes, all right? I know that you'll be blessed because we talk about the word of God. We talk about ways to apply the word of God to your life today, okay? And I am extremely excited to continue the two-part series, okay, that I started last Sunday, episode number six, where I shared Bible verses that you can declare in your life on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, Okay, these Bible verses are ones that you're going to want to speak into your life to whip Satan's backside. Okay, that's what we do here on the Good Apple Podcast. We're not just, you know, some emotional type, you know, get you hype with the word of God and leave you standing. Absolutely not. We are trying to make moves as Christians. We are trying to be like those in Isaiah 65. We are going to be like those in Matthew 5, okay? So that's what we do here on the Good Apple Podcast. So be sure to check out the other episodes if this is your first time listening in because I know you'll be blessed, not because of me, okay, but because it's the word of God and you're going to learn or be reminded of ways to apply the word of God so we can continue to be victorious, all right? Okay, so welcome to all of the new listeners. And if you are a returning listener, Apple. Welcome back. Thank you so very much. Every time I put out a new episode, you know, the community gets bigger. It gets stronger. I get feedback. You guys, you know, you challenge me with some other questions. You give me some other ideas for upcoming episodes. And I absolutely love it. I am so grateful. I am so thankful for the Good Apple community because you hold me accountable. You also encourage me. We encourage one another. 
All right. So if you have been listening to these episodes and you haven't already connected with the Good Apple community, what are you waiting for? Let me tell you, Apples, it's so easy to reach out to me. It's so easy to get connected. All you have to do is click on the link in whatever description box or show notes through whatever app you're listening to. Okay. So all of my contact information, all of the social media links, all of that right there, reach out, get connected. Okay. Strength in numbers. Remember we're trying to do transformer style, like, you know, boop, boop, boop. Let's, let's get together. Let's do this in a massive way. All righty. So you know that every Sunday, every episode, I like to give a shout out to one of the good Apple podcast listeners. And this Sunday, I'm really excited to give a shout out to my good friend, another good Apple, Sharika. She is in Canada listening in. All right. So thank you so very much, Sharika, for listening in as well as reaching out. She is one who did decide to continue the conversation. All right. So she reached out to me. We have had a good conversation online. You guys, this is what I like to do. All right. By now, you already know your girl loves to talk. I love to text. I love to have meaningful, genuine conversations. So thank you so very much, Sharika, for tuning in. And if you are a good Apple listener, let me know. I would love to shout you out, okay? That way we can just continue to show that we have strength in numbers, all right? And I can publicly acknowledge your support of this podcast. It means a lot to me. So thank you very much, Sharika. God bless you. All right, you know, so before I jump into the other eight Bible verses, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. If you can, go ahead and close your eyes. If not, no problem. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you so very much for all that you are going to do. Lord, we thank you so much for being God of our lives. We thank you so much for preserving our lives that we can see another day, God. We just ask right now that you would just help to remove any distraction for the podcast listeners, Lord. Just help them to clear their mind, Lord. Open the eyes of their understanding so that they can receive the word and that they can be transformed, Lord. I also ask that you remove any distractions from my environment, from my mind, Lord, so that I can just be a vessel a conduit through which you flow, Lord, so that you can reach your people in a mighty way. We thank you so much for being an amazing dad who never changes, who loves us where we are, but never leaves us there, God. Thank you so very much. All this we ask in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Apples, if you can, go ahead and grab your Bible and turn to Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Apples. This is a Bible verse that I have talked about in depth on previous episodes because it's one that I believe as Christians we can use as a constant reminder anytime we are afflicted with sickness or illness, anytime one of our family members gets a negative report from the doctor. Look, even as a doctor, this is what I tell my family members. Like, as Christians, we go to a medical professional so that we can get the diagnosis to speak against in the spirit realm. All right, I'm, I'm going to say that again. 
All right, now remember, I am a doctor. I do my job. I have submitted my life to God. So even as a doctor, I submit that. All right. So I do have medical knowledge and I rest on Holy Spirit to help me with my medical knowledge so I can treat my patients. But when it comes to my family, okay, what I say is when we go to the doctor, it's so that we can get a name because the Bible tells us that the name of Jesus is above all names. So when I have a diagnosis from a doctor, I now use the name of God, Jesus, the power of God, the Bible, my weapons of spiritual warfare against that name. Okay, so Isaiah 53, verse 5, it tells us that by his wounds on the cross, on Calvary, he has already healed us by those wounds. The mere fact that he was wounded, that he was crushed, that he was punished, that he was pierced, we're already healed, okay? All of our sins are already taken care of. All of the evil that we might plan to do or have done or will do is already covered because Jesus died on the cross. So this is how I use this Bible verse to apply to my life, okay, and to the lives of my loved ones. Again, I'm going to say it. Yes, I am a doctor. Yes, I believe in modern medicine. Yes, I believe that there is a place for medicine and for doctors in Christians' lives, okay? I absolutely believe that. And I do believe that one way that we as Christians, those who believe the Word of God, one way that we can apply the Word of God is by declaring Isaiah 53, verse 5, reminding ourselves, reminding our bodies, hey, you're already healed. We don't have to go through this sickness, okay? Now, does that mean that I abandon my patients? No, 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 okay? Again, I am a doctor. I treat my patients with my medical knowledge, expertise. And then again, as a Christian, I also make sure I remind my body. Like, look, we're not going to deal with this because Jesus already dealt with this on the cross. I'm not going to deal with this. So I've said it before in other podcasts, sickness might come, but it's not going to stay. Okay. And that is the mantra here in my house. Okay. Satan going to try, but he can't succeed. Sickness might come, but you can't stay. Another thing too, that I think is very good to, to know or to understand is that there are some situations and sickness that comes because of the fact that we live in a fallen world, okay, also because of the fact that we live in an earth suit, our body, okay, so like for me, if I don't get enough rest, if I don't take my vitamins, if I'm not, you know, doing what I need to do, then my body becomes more susceptible to a cold, or to being tired, you know? So that's just the way the immune system is. That's how God made your body. So there is some wisdom that has to come with it. You see what I'm saying? That's what I, I, I'm trying to allude to. Like not everything is going to be, you know, a satanic attack. If you're not eating properly, if you're not exercising, if you're not taking your vitamins, if you're not getting sleep, then you're going to be more susceptible to sickness not necessarily a demonic attack, but just sickness. So there is a place for medicine. There's also a place for spiritual warfare. When it is spiritual, this Bible verse, Isaiah 53, 5, is absolutely applicable, all right? 
So, you know, hopefully that kind of helps to, you know, paint some uh, or shed some light on some of the situations when it comes to sickness that, you know, people deal with as Christ followers. I was having a conversation with a good apple. It's actually one of the conversations I'm going to tell you about. Like, I'm so excited to share this with you guys. But um, I was having a conversation with a good apple recently, and I was telling her, you know, my little one is getting over an ear infection and, you know, a, a cold as well. And of course, the first thing I like to do is say, okay, is this spiritual? Is this a demonic attack? Is this Satan trying to, you know, cause trouble? Or is this just because we live in an earth suit because we have a body? So I like to go to Holy Spirit and I say, okay, Holy Spirit, show me, is this spiritual or is just, you know, the nature of life? And Holy Spirit will always show me if it's spiritual or if it's just because, you know, kids get ear infections. You know what I'm saying? Kids get colds. If you don't take care of your body, you know, this is what happens. So he will always show me because I ask him, he will always show me, hey, this is how you need to address this specific problem, this specific illness. Now, that being said, I'm always keen on asking for mercy. I always say, okay, Holy Spirit, we know that the lifespan of a cold is usually what, five, seven days or two weeks, whatever, depending on the severity, depending on, you know, the nature of the cold or the sickness. But I'm asking you, Lord, for mercy. Show mercy. Let us get through this quicker. You see what I'm saying? So again, it is because, you know, we want to develop a real relationship with God. He is not just up in heaven. You know, Apple is just looking down at us, just watching life happen. Holy Spirit is here on earth. Remember when Jesus went up to be with God, he left Holy Spirit down here with us. So we can interact with Holy Spirit on a very real, tangible basis. You know, so for me, Again, I declare Isaiah 53, 5. I also use medical wisdom and knowledge. I also ask Holy Spirit to say, hey, is this spiritual or is this just natural? And then depending on what Holy Spirit says, I act accordingly. This is how we can apply the word of God into our lives. So I hope that that helped you guys. I really, really do. You know, a lot of times I get questions from good apples about sickness and, you know, or people say, well, how, how would you deal with this? Or how did you deal with this? Look, this is what I do. I, I have a little, you know, stepwise protocol <laughs> that I go through with Holy Spirit, you know, and, and then we just handle it that way. All right. Okay. So the next Bible verse, if you can go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy 28 verse 8. Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hands to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. Apples. This is the Bible verse that I remind myself of all the time when I get discouraged. Okay, when I feel as though nothing is happening, nothing is moving, you know, when I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm laboring so hard, whether it be for, you know, my parenting or even in my marriage or my finances at work, you know, I have some side hustles I'm working on. And sometimes, you know, I get discouraged and I'm like, Lord, is this even working? Is anybody out there listening? You know, does anybody care? Are my children seeing my heart? Does my husband understand me? And even with 
those concerns, I still rest on Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. I think this is such a powerful Bible verse because when you're feeling discouraged, when you are feeling like your back is up against a wall or like you are working so hard and you're not seeing the fruition of your efforts, the manifestation of your sacrifice, this verse is one that you can declare into your situation, one that you can use to lift your mood, okay? one that you can use to comfort yourself, and one that you can use to remind your circumstance, like, hey, look, the Lord told me that he will bless my barns. He will bless the work of my hands. He will bless me in the land that he's giving me, okay? So I believe that it is one that we can apply to all areas of our lives, not just your finances, not just your side hustles, you know, this is, we're talking about blessing. We're talking about the work of your hand. Whether you are a homemaker primarily, that's still the work of your hand. You know, whether you are raising your children, that's still the work of your hand. Whether you are putting in efforts in your marriage, that's still the work of your hand. You know what I'm saying? There are things that you are doing. So we should speak this Bible verse into even situations like that. So I love this verse, Deuteronomy 28, 8. I mean, you know, tomorrow is Monday morning. You're going to, you know, be faced with situations. You're going to, you know, have some, you know, maybe, maybe you'll have some hiccups. You'll have some moments where you feel like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what am I doing this for? Why am I trying so hard? Look, the Lord will bless the work of your hands. That being said, Apples, you've got to be doing something, okay? You've got to actually do something, have something for God to bless. I think that's a good reminder as well. You know, sometimes we get into a place of, Lord, why is this not happening? Why don't I see the scale moving? Why don't I see my bank account changing? Why don't I see the atmosphere shifting? Apples, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, are we doing the work? Does God have something to bless? Okay, now again, if I'm talking to you, trust me, I'm talking to me as well. Am I giving God something to bless? I think that's a good question that we should ask ourselves often. You know, am I giving God something to bless? Because he said he would bless it. He said he would bless my barns. Did I even build a barn? You know what I'm saying? Did I abandon my barn? (laughs) You know, he said he would bless the work of my hands. Well, uh, did I do something with my hands for God to bless? These are all good questions that I think we should be asking ourselves, especially, you know, when we go to God, like, hey, you know, here's the work of my hands. I expect for you to bless it. This is what your word says. Well, we have to actually do something for him to bless, right? Okay, so that is another good Bible verse that I use to remind myself, remind my situation, to comfort myself, to, you know, come over anxiety or feelings of despair. Mm -mm, 
God says he's going to bless the work of my hands. Okay, so we just get to work. Get to work. Okay, the next Bible verse is in Proverbs 14, verse 12. Turn to Proverbs 14, verse 12. Now, before I read from that Bible verse, if you're getting value, all right, go ahead, pause share this episode with a friend, okay? If you're getting value, chances are someone else you know will also get value. All right, so go ahead and turn your Bible to Proverbs 14, verse 12. Let's read. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Let me read that again, okay? There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Okay, so I recently posted about this on my personal Instagram account, Sharonda Simone. Okay, go ahead and follow me over there as well. I post daily content, Christian lifestyle. You get to kind of know me personally, okay? So Sharonda Simone. But I posted recently about this because, you know, with the way society is right now, There are so many movements, so many causes, so much politics, you know, everything swirling around. And it's very easy to get swept up in the current of pop culture, you know, especially with how social media allows for information to be transmitted so quickly, whether it's correct or not. You know, there's really no fact checking that's happening right now. A lot of the information that we are fed, whether you choose to eat it or not, is your choice. But the information that we are presented with, you know, a lot of it is inflammatory. It is fictitious or it is, you know, puffed up to create an emotional response. Uh, Sometimes it's just frank lies. Okay. But, you know, we do have a lot of causes and we do have a lot of, you know, pop culture situations that appear to be right. And they appear to be right mostly because everybody's doing it, you know? I mean, it seems right because the trend is leaning toward that way. Now, that being said, one litmus test that I think as Christ followers, you know, we can use, and it's not not even only my thoughts. I mean, this is is biblical here, okay? the word of God tells us to test things, you know, with the spirit, the Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Okay, that's biblical. Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So if you ever want to know if something is truth, not if it's, you know, just an emotional or whether it's someone's opinion or whatnot. No, if you want to know if something is truth, then you test it with Holy Spirit. You ask Holy Spirit. He'll lead you to a Bible verse. He will confirm it through his word. He will confirm it through, you know, his people, a situation, a circumstance, a closed door, an open door. I mean, Holy Spirit is very good about keeping his word, okay? He's he's not going to just leave you hanging. So when you're testing these trends, this pop culture, popular culture, you want to test it with Holy Spirit. So for me, one thing that I like to do in keeping with the word of God, is if everyone is doing it, as in like the masses, okay? If everyone on, you know, all platforms, on all sides of the spectrum, all of that, if everyone is for it, apparently everyone, I pause. 
chances are I shouldn't be doing it. And the reason I say that is because of Proverbs 14, verse 12. There is a way that appears to be right. It appears to be right. I mean, it makes sense. But in the end, it leads to death. So that's my little reminder to pump the brakes, pause, ask Holy Spirit, like, look, help me, spirit of truth, help me to determine if this is godly and not just good, because there are many things that are good, but they might not be godly. Big difference, apples. It could be good, but it might not be God. All right. We don't want to just be hemmed up in good stuff, but ungodly stuff. Okay. So one verse that I I tell my kiddos, you know, I remind myself, like, look, just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's right. Just because everyone is supporting that cause doesn't necessarily mean that it is God's way. It appears right, but in the end it leads to death. And you know, the book of Proverbs is just that. It is, you know, life lessons or life skills or tools or instructions, you know, it is things that we can apply to our lives that are based on, you know, godly wisdom. Okay. So there is a way that seems right. But guess what? We have to test it with Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of truth. And that Bible verse is found in John 14, 17, where the Bible tells us about the spirit of truth. Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So again, that is my litmus test. It's Bible-based, okay? I always take it to the Holy Spirit and say, look, Holy Spirit, is this truth? Is it, you know, just opinion? Is it lies? And Holy Spirit is faithful. He will definitely confirm or deny. He will definitely show you what is right from wrong. So one verse, again, that I really rest heavily on is found in Proverbs 14, verse 12. Okay. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. And I believe that especially now with just the social climate that we're in, I think it is really wise for us to have a litmus test that is objective, not just emotional or subjective. You know, we need to be able to put our efforts toward what God wants us to put it toward. And a good way for us to do that, especially because right now it's hard to decipher what is, you know, a lie from what is actual truth. It's hard for us to do that if we just use our own tools and resources. Okay, so we have to rest on heavily spirit um, on Holy Spirit. We have to rest heavily on Holy Spirit. So um, that is just one that I think is really helpful and that I'm constantly leaning on and reminding myself of. Okay, let's go ahead and take a break. Okay, now after the break, I'm going to tell you what I've been working on with a fellow good apple. You guys, I'm really excited to share this with you. So right after the break, I will share that and then we'll jump back into the Bible verses. All right, the apples, welcome back. So before the break, I told you that I had a little surprise or something that I wanted to share with you. And I'm extra, extra excited. 
And I cannot wait to share this episode with you guys. It will be airing either late May or early June. Just kind of depends on, you know, what happens, okay? Because I'm, I'm living real life over here, okay? I've said before that I am, you know, a team of one with an awesome support system. My family and friends are very supportive. But it's really just like a one-woman show over here with these podcasts. So as soon as I'm able to get it up and edited, I'll let you guys know about it. But I recently had a conference call, okay, with an amazing woman of God. Grace is, oh my gosh, like she is just so powerful and she's genuine. She's genuinely in love with God and she's so authentic. I know you guys are going to enjoy the conversation. We are going to be talking about biblical submission. Yes, you guys, I know for so many people, that's like a touchy subject, especially in the body of Christ, okay, especially in the body of Christ, because submission, biblical submission for most people is like, mm -mm, not doing it. You know, there's a lot of misconception about what it is. So we're going to be talking about biblical submission. So wives submitting to their husbands. All right. And we're going to be sharing what that really is from a biblical perspective. We're also going to be sharing what it's not, okay? All of the misconceptions about what being submissive is. We're going to share our own submission journey, okay? So you'll get lots of insight into, you know, our real lives. And I think that it's good that we'll have different perspectives because her home situation is very different from my home situation. So I do believe that, you know, good apples will be able to find their own, you know, life in hearing our own testimony. Okay. That you, you can find some, some correlations. All right. Um, but it's going to be a great conversation, you guys. It really, really is. So I want for you to stay tuned. I will definitely promote that on all social media platforms as soon as it is up and ready to go. But stay tuned. I know you're going to be blessed. Grace is, oh my gosh. Like I said, it was such a great conversation. And I cannot wait to see what God does with it because I know that he has a big plan for this conversation because being submissive pleases God, all right? Being submissive comes with spiritual blessings. And yeah, I just, I don't want to give out too much, but all I know is that you're going to be blessed. Tune in, okay? Even if you're not married, it's still going to be helpful because we are to submit to God. Okay, so even though as wives we are told to submit to our husbands and husbands are told to submit to God, look, we as Christians be should be submitting to God. So it's still going to be helpful either way you take it. No matter where you are in your, you know, your walk with Christ, no matter no matter where you are in your marriage or if you're not married, look, it's still going to be an amazing episode. I don't want for you to miss out. Okay, so stay tuned for that. All right. Now let us jump back in to the Bible verses for today. All right. So the next one is going to be found in Psalm 128 verse 3. Turn to Psalm 128 verse 3. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around the table. Okay, so apples, this for me is an encouragement 
Bible verse. You know, there are times when as a wife, I don't feel like I'm doing a good job. You know, I'll be totally transparent with you. There are times when I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Am I actually impacting my family? Am I doing the best that I can? And, you know, sometimes too, I wonder, okay, am I doing too much? Am I trying to, you know, manage too much? Sometimes that's the case. You know, sometimes I have too much on my plate. Sometimes I need to outsource and delegate, okay? But then other times I just need a gentle reminder like, look, as a wife, I am to be like a fruitful vine within my house. Now, when I read these words, I try and envision. I'm like one of those, you know, visual people. Like I want the words to actually have color because that's how I remember them. That is how they become more real to me and I can apply them easier. So when I read that your wife, so I like to make it personal. You guys know that I've said that before in other episodes. When I read the Bible, I try and make it personal. So your wife, so I insert me. So I will be like a fruitful vine within my house. My children will be like olive shoots around my table. Why is that encouraging to me? It's because it lets me know that as a wife, as a mother, I am supposed to have my hand in all things happening in my home. No, I'm not trying to be a helicopter mommy, okay? I don't have time for that. However, I am supposed to be active in all areas of my family, all areas of my home. That is, you know, what I'm supposed to be because a vine, think about a vine. When you have a vine, vines take over everything. I'm not saying I have to control everything, but vines are like, I mean, they wrap themselves around all structures, right? You have a vine up the side of your house. It is going around the pipes and the gutters. It's going into every nook and cranny. That's what vines do. And it's okay as a wife to have that kind of impact in your home. That's what's helpful, you know? So within my home, I'm to be like a fruitful vine. So not just a vine that, you know, is wrapping around everything and just, you know, nosing everybody's business. No, a fruitful vine. So as I am entwined or intertwined in people's lives in my home, my family members, okay, I am actually supposed to be bearing fruit. I'm to help them, you know, through situations. I'm supposed to, you know, be a nurturer, a guide. This is how, you know, when I think of the fruits of a vine, they're supposed to be good, sweet things. I'm supposed to be helpful. I'm supposed to, you know, give discipline, correction. But when I also read the word of God and I find out, like, let's say Proverbs 31, that that woman, when I read those verses, I realize like I have a purpose in, you know, as a woman in this world, but I also have specific purpose in my home as a wife, as a mother, right? So for me, it is like an encouraging Bible verse. I'm a fruitful vine within my home, within my house. Yes, I'm supposed to know what's happening in your life. That's okay because I'm a vine. You know, let me let me be great. Let me do what I'm supposed to do, okay? And in doing so, I can be fruitful. I can help you. I can add to your life. So it's like an encouragement for me because sometimes I feel like, okay, there's a lot going on. You know, I have five children living in my home. I have a husband, you know, there's a lot going on. And sometimes I think, okay, wait, is this too much for me? You know, am am I taking on too much? Sometimes 
it's that I need to delegate. Sometimes I need to pump the brakes. Absolutely. Okay. I check with Holy Spirit. But other times he like reminds me, look, in Psalm 128, you are called to be a vine. You are called to, you know, to be fruitful in your home, a fruitful vine. You are called to be, you know, intermingled in people's lives, in your home, your children, your husband. This is what you're called to do. And in doing so, you know, you can also take heart in knowing that your children will be like olive shoots around your table. So, you know, when I think of an olive shoot, you know, olive oil is something that has a lot of benefits, health benefits. You know, it's nice to cook with. It's also great for your skin, for your hair. You know, so I think about my children. Sometimes I look at them, I think, boy, I don't know if you're acting like an olive shoot right now. But the Bible says that my children are like olive shoots around the table. So one way that I like to interpret this is just to remind myself that my children are blessings. My children are, you know, adding to my life. Those who sit around my table, my children are like olive. They are good for the skin. They're good for the, you know, for your body. They're, I just, I just like to think of them as the blessings that God has called them to be, the blessings that God has said they are. Children are blessings. And so these are the verses or this specific verse is one that I rest on anytime I'm getting a little bit weary as a wife, a little bit weary as a mommy, you know, I remember like, yeah, you know, you have a lot on your plate, but guess what? God doesn't give you more than you can handle. All right. You are supposed to be a vine, you know, look at it from God's perspective. This episode of the Good Apple podcast is being sponsored by SharondaSimone.com, the website where I share all of my raves and faves for beauty, motherhood, lifestyle, and my home. All the items there can keep you bougie on a budget. So make sure you head over and check it out, www.SharondaSimone.com. All right, see Apple's next Bible verse is found in Proverbs 22, verse 6. That's Proverbs 22, verse 6. Now, I am going to opt to read from both the NIV version as well as the King James version. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. But go ahead and turn your Bibles, if you can, to Proverbs 22, verse 6. Now, in the King James version, it reads, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, the NIV version reads, start your children off the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Now, there are times when I like to read in different translations. Again, I think that the different translations, sometimes the words that are used it just drives home the meaning even more. Other times, uh, I will actually look to see, you know, the original language it was written in, because sometimes I think that it's good to know, you know, the actual translation, whether it is Hebrew or Greek, because the words are just so powerful. So when I read the NIV version, I like that it uses the words start children off, start. That is a good reminder for me as a parent. And again, even if you're not a parent, you more than likely have a young person in your life 
that you can influence. You know, you might be a mentor, a teacher, right? Um, you know, a youth pastor, an aunt, an uncle. So there is some child or there are children in your life that you have influence, you know? So the word start is a good reminder. Like, look, you can't wait until the child is full grown, Okay, it's just much harder. It's not impossible, but it's much harder to catch, you know, a runaway train than it is just to have the brakes on before the train even gets to moving. Okay, so start children off the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So the NIV version, I like it because it says start. It reminds me as a parent, you know, as someone who has nieces and nephews, someone who mentors, you know, young people. It's really good for me to remember, like, hey, you need to do it now. <laughs> you know, you can't wait until they're older. As soon as you can, begin to start them off the way they should go. Now, the way they should go is biblical way, okay? Not just your own opinion. It's truly, you know, what you know to be true based on the word of God. And then the second part of this, so part two of this verse, I think is the beautiful promise one that we can hold on to as parents, as grandparents, as aunts and uncles, is that even when they're old, they will not turn from it. And so many times, you know, I've talked to parents who might say, you know, hey, my son is doing this, my daughter's doing that, and I'm concerned because I see them veering off on the wrong path. And I was like, look, hey, have you applied and spoken in to that situation? Proverbs 22, verse 6. You know, sometimes we have to remind ourselves and speak into the situation what the word of God says. So let's say you know that you have done your part. Let's say that you know that you have made the sacrifice when they're little, when they were younger. You, you know, you did to the best of your ability, okay? Not perfection, but to the best of your ability, you try to start them off in the way they should go, God's way then you have to remind the situation, speak to the enemy, speak to that situation, declare, no, even when they're old, they will not turn from it. This has to happen. This is the word of God. We, we apply the word of God. We speak it, becomes real. Remember the words that exit your lips either are life or death, right? They're either bringing life to a situation or death to a situation. So start your children off, the way they should go. And then you can come back and say, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. You rest in that. Even when it doesn't seem like that's happening, you rest in that because that's what the word of God says. Okay. Now, if you look at the King James version, I really like that one because it actually tells us how we should be starting them off. You know, it tells us with one word, I think this one word transforms the 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 bible verse and it allows us to understand exactly what it's going to take to start our children off in the way they should go all right so if we read the king james version that version actually reads train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it now here's this is this is you know when when i look at the word train Train, I like to think of it almost like, you know, a tomato plant or any other plant that you have to tie to a stake. Okay, now follow, follow me here. When you are trying to train 
a tomato plant to grow in a certain direction, what do you do? You have to constantly course correct, okay? You have to constantly, you know, remind it like, nope, don't go left, don't go right. This is the way I want for you to grow. How do you do that? You literally put a stake in the pot or in the ground and you tie the tomato plant up as it grows. You are training it, okay? Um, I know in the world of natural hair, you know, there are some people who like to heat train their hair. Uh, And that was something that I remember, you know, learning about when I first, you know, stopped processing my hair. I started to, you know, learn about um, natural hair, wearing my hair in its natural state. And there were certain women who they were heat training their hair. So even though they weren't using chemicals to straighten their hair, they would use, you know, a hot iron or a flat iron and they would train their hair to be in a more straight state with using constant heat. So they were heat training their hair so it wouldn't revert back to its natural curly state. Okay. Again, you can use this analogy with, you know, anything. I mean, if you have, you know, a pet uh, and you want to train the pet, you know, that he or she should not, you know, go number two or number one in the house. You're supposed to go outside like a dog or so, or your cat, you know, you're supposed to use the litter box. Hey, it's the same thing. You train your child to potty train, all right? It's called potty training. So there is a constant course correction. It's the same thing. If you want to be able to cash in, okay, and put your receipt in for part B of the verse, when your child is older, they will not depart from the good way, the proper way. You have to do the training when they're young. How do you do that? Constant course correction. I was having a conversation with another good apple recently, and she was a bit concerned that maybe she was, you know, correcting too much. You know, she has a young one. I believe uh, her child is under the age of three. Okay. And so she was like, look, should I constantly be saying, no, don't do that. Here's the right way. And I was like, absolutely. You're not being an overbearing parent when you are doing the course corrections, when you're doing the training. Okay. Now is the time that you want to do that training so that when your child is older, he or she will not depart. That is what this Bible verse is saying. If you have the opportunity to train your child, it's going to be constant course correction. So there are times when I think like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't feel like saying this same thing, giving this same instruction a hundred times a day. I don't feel like doing that. You know, as a parent, sometimes it is more so that we as parents or we as adults are just burnt out. Like, look, I don't feel like dealing with this anymore. Sometimes I don't feel like adulting. I don't feel like parenting. I'm human. But then I remember, look, Mm -mm. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, I need to constantly course correct my child in the way he or she should go so that I can say, hey, here's my receipt. I did my part. So I'm expecting for the word of God then because the word of God is the word of God. Okay. I'm expecting that when my children grow up, they will still be on that proper course. Not perfect. Okay, we're not talking about perfection, but we're talking about living a godly life in the proper way. So just encourage yourself. Sometimes you might feel like, "Mm, I've told these students 
a hundred times the right thing to do. I have told the youth group a thousand times what not to do, and yet they keep doing it. Look, this is what the word of God says. Train. That means you have to put some work in. It's not one and done. Look, as I'm talking to you guys, I am talking to myself, Apples, okay? Because I'm reminding myself, like, look, you put in the sweat equity, no. You do the training, no. Then you get the blessings of having children who are doing what they're supposed to do. Okay, this is how we have to live our lives. This is how we can apply the word of God to today. All right. And along with that, this is just, you know, what I like to do. I also like to say there will be no prodigal sons in my home or daughters. All right. We're not doing that. I'm applying Proverbs 22, verse 6. So in the name of Jesus, in the name of Yeshua, there will be no prodigal children. As in, we're not going to do a go away and come back, especially if I've had you to raise from you were little all the way up, okay? Holy Spirit, you help me, you help my husband to do our part with the training so that we can say, "Mm -mm, no prodigals in my home. Now, that is just how I've decided to do things, okay? Um, And I just, it makes sense to me that way, all right? Anytime I'm, saying something that is, you know, like a Sharonda interpretation, I will let you know. I just think that it is wise for us to speak, use our tongue to speak life into our situations, to speak life into the future so that we can, through God, manifest that which, you know, is godly. All right. And so while it's encouraging to know that even in a prodigal situation, we know that God is still, you know, open arms. I love you. Everything is great. Come to me. We can also go to God and expect that we don't have to go through certain things because those who know better should do better, right? So if we say, okay, Lord, I'm putting in the training from the beginning, from the start, I'm expecting for part B of Proverbs six twenty two to be true. When he is old, when my children are grown, they will not depart from it. And it's not enough to think it. Apples, it's not enough to think it. We have got to speak it. We have got to say it audibly. You need to remind the enemy, like, look, don't think you can come for my kids. Don't think you can come and and plant seeds because I'm doing my part according to Proverbs 22, verse 6. Remember, we're still trying to whip Satan's backside. This is still spiritual warfare, whether we are encouraging ourselves or whether we are literally smacking Satan in the face, palm open. This is still spiritual warfare. So when you have a little one, when you have a youth, when you have a young kid, when you have a niece, a nephew, all right, if you've been given authority over them, spiritual authority, if you are an influence in their life, you can apply Proverbs 22, verse 6. And I like to add, and in the name of Jesus, there will be no prodigal children. Okay. Now, that's just, again, a little Sharonda edition, you know, you can take or leave that last part, but Proverbs 22 verse six is very plain train. It's going to take some effort. You're going to have to do some, you know, redirecting course correction, tying them back up. You know, I'm not talking about physical. All right. Don't take that sound bite and say, oh, Sharonda said, tie up your children. No, I'm saying you have to constantly course correct because we know that, you know, children are prone to do 
foolish things. Children are prone to make mistakes. I mean, adults are prone. We're human. We, you know, Adam and Eve, you know, brought about sin in the world. Okay, so everybody is prone to doing wrong things. But if we train, if we course correct, if we put in that work now, the beautiful benefit, the promise is that when they're old, they will not depart. Okay, so let's go ahead and continue on. We're going to now turn to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, and it's going to be verses 19 and 20. All right, so Psalms 34, 19, and 20. All right, and it reads, The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Mm. Apples, just reading this, I mean, it's like giving me spiritual goosebumps. I'm like, yes, like read this. The righteous person may have many troubles. That part is not so encouraging, right? Like, yeah, that is pretty unfortunate. You know, God's people just, just go ahead. You might have troubles. All right. If you are living in today's world, you know that to be true. Trouble comes. But, but, now the word but there is a way, it's a good reminder for us to know that whatever preceded that statement, whatever came before is totally wiped out. Okay. So the righteous person may have troubles, many troubles, but take the eraser and erase all of that. The Lord delivers him from them all. Hold on to that. Write that on your heart. Meditate on that. Chew on that. Digest it. Bring it back up and chew on it again. This is good stuff. Apples. But the Lord delivers him from them all. I guarantee that there are troubles going on in your life. And if you're not having troubles, then there might be troubles down the line. But guess what? I guarantee that the Lord will deliver you from them all. We have to keep speaking these things, though. We have to keep speaking the word of God. We have to rest in the word of God. We have to do the work. We have to apply our faith. Yes. But the Lord delivers him from them all. That's for you, apples. Grab that. Grab that. Write it on your heart. Meditate on it. Speak that into your negative situation, into the negative trouble that might be going on in your life or that may come up down in you know the future. You're delivered. You're delivered. And then if we go to verse 20, he protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Apples. You can take this as literally or as figuratively as you like. You know, I believe the word of God for what it is, okay? It is the word of God. And when I read this, I like to speak this even over my children. You know, I have rambunctious youngsters, okay? I've been blessed with very energetic children. And there are times when I'll be downstairs and I'm making dinner and I hear, ow! You know, and of course, as a mother, that initial wave of panic, like, oh my gosh, what's going on? You know, that worry. And then I'm like, "Mm, nope. mm -mm. Psalm 34, Psalm 34 says he protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. And I just speak that into the moment. I speak it into the moment because I'm, I'm believing that not only are you going to deliver your people, but 
you're also protecting the bones. Not one will be broken. And then I go upstairs and I check on my kids. Okay. Or then I press the the intercom and I'm like, hey, what's going on upstairs? But that initial panic, I stop it and say, no, 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 no. You have a verse for that. You have a verse for that. Psalms 34 says, he protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Now, if you are like me, then there are times in your life where you don't quite know what choice to make, you know, or maybe you don't know what is God's truth versus what is popular culture. You know, you have opportunities and options. You don't know which door you should go through. You don't know which door should be closed. I mean, you know, life has so many different variables. And I know for me, sometimes it gets overwhelming. You know, I have so many options, A, B, C, D, you know, or left, right, up, down. And I used to really struggle with this feeling of, you know, not knowing you know, I don't know what the will of God is. You know, I don't know if it's the right choice. And of course, you know, there are still things that I am actively, you know, seeking God so he can tell me, all right, this is what I want for you to do. This is the truth, not just popular culture, not just opinion, not just what the world would consider a fact, but it's actual truth. And, you know, so of course there are still things that I'm working through. However, when I truly began to digest the next Bible verse, a lot of that anxiety, that, you know, concern, that worry, a lot of it dissipated because I have a verse. I have a verse for that. Okay. So go ahead and turn to 1 John 2 verse 20. Again, that is 1 John 2 verse 20. All right, let's read. Now the NIV version is read this way. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. The King James Version reads, But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. It actually reads, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Again, I do like to look at different translations because each one uses different words, and it really helps to drive home the meaning. You know, the word of God is not contradictory, all right? However, different translations do just kind of open up the Bible verse to me in a different way, all right? So I do encourage you, you know, if you have the Version Bible app, I will link it down in the show notes for you. It's a really good app. If you don't have that one, you know, there, um, then you can download it. But in the Version app, It allows you to compare the different translations of the Bible, you know, almost side by side. So I think that's really helpful. Very, very good app. Absolutely free. I believe it is on iOS as well as Android. So you should be able to access it. Okay, so check the show notes to download that app if you don't have it. But in the King James Version, it says, but ye have an unction from the Holy One and ye know all things. Okay, so the Holy One is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Okay, and you know all things because Holy Spirit tells you. That's exactly what 1 John 2.20 is saying. Okay, so in the NIV, it says, you know the truth because the spirit of truth will tell you. 
And then in the King James version, it says, you know, all things. Now, for some people might, you know, it might seem like, well, that's saying different things. So is that a contradiction? No, it's absolutely not a contradiction. And it's actually saying the same thing. Because if you know all things, then you're able to know what is truth from what is lies. And if you continue to read on in the scriptures that follow, you'll find that the author was talking about, you know, lies from truth and how important it is for Christ followers to know what is a lie and what is truth. Not fact based on the world, not opinion based on the world, okay, but what is actually true. And so if you know all things, then you know what is truth and you will be able to determine what is a lie, not through your own strength, not through your own knowledge, but because Holy Spirit will tell you. That's why it's so important for us to continue to strengthen our relationship with Holy Spirit, to continue to tune and fine-tune our hearing, our spiritual ears, so that we can hear from Holy Spirit when he is talking to us, okay? So when I read this Bible verse, even when I'm confronted with circumstances in my life, okay, big circumstances, small circumstances, no matter what, I remind myself, look, Holy Spirit is with me, okay? I know the truth. Now, my intellect might not have processed it, but my spirit man does because Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So my spirit already knows what is going on because I have accepted Holy Spirit in my life. Okay. He is my guide. Same thing with you. You have a situation going on in your life. You don't know whether to go right or left. You don't know whether to take the opportunity or to refuse the opportunity. You don't know whether to parent your child this way or that way. You don't know how to approach your spouse this way or that way, okay? Whatever life situation, you know the truth because Holy Spirit has already told you. It might not be in your intellect yet, okay? Your brain might not have the information yet, but your spirit man knows, And this verse right here is the comfort. It is the promise. You have an unction. You have an understanding from Holy Spirit. And that is going to tell you what is true from what is false. That is going to tell you exactly what is happening in the circumstance. You know, some of those closed door conversations about you that you haven't been invited to sit in, right? They're talking about you, but not to you. Holy Spirit can show you, he can reveal to you what is happening. That way you're not just sitting there in the dark. Well, how do we get to that point? The next Bible verse is actually going to, you know, kind of just tie everything together. Okay, so stay tuned for the last Bible verse I'm going to share. But this one right here, 1 John 2.20, that is a, that's a comfort, apples. You have situations, you have opportunities and you might not know which you know way to go in your flesh in your mind you might not know but when you're linked up with holy spirit first john 2:20 says you know the truth you know all things tap into that pull from that rest in that and then you say okay holy spirit i believe that you have already communicated with my spirit man 
So I'm asking now that you, according to, here's the last Bible verse, okay? So according to Ephesians 1, 18, go ahead and turn your Bible there. You're going to say, Holy Spirit, open up the eyes of my spiritual understanding. So now we can connect the two. All right, let's go ahead and read from the Bible, Ephesians 1, verse 18. Actually, let's go ahead and jump up to 17. Okay, so verse 17, Ephesians 1, verse 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in his saints. Okay, so let's read from the NIV version. Okay, so turn to NIV version if you can. And it reads, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now, when I read these Bible verses, it shows me that there is a disconnect, okay? So when it talks about, you know, your heart, the understanding of your heart, it's referring to your spirit man. Now, the Bible tells us that God is a spirit. So if we are going to come to know him, if we're going to worship him, if we are going to truly submit to him, it's not done through our flesh. It's not done with our intellect or through our five senses. We have to come to God. We have to have a relationship through the spirit realm, you know, so spirit to spirit. We have to worship and submit, you know, through spirit. Now, that being said, that might seem like a discouragement, right? Because we are, you know, man, we are flesh, we are human, but we also are spirit, okay? So the spirit needs to have that understanding. The spirit needs to become close to God and then the information get transmitted, okay, to your flesh, to your intellect, to your mind. So when I read here and it says that, you know, he we pray that we can get that that understanding that's encouraging to me that lets me know that i can access the information i can know about god's will for my life i can know about the hope that god has for me i can know about the plans that he has for me the inheritance that i have through jesus christ here on this earth i can know about that how by tapping into that understanding, that spiritual understanding. Remember, 1 John 2.20 told us that we, through Holy Spirit, we have all that knowledge. We know exactly what, you know, the truth is. We know exactly what he's telling us through Holy Spirit. Now, Ephesians 1 verses 17 and 18 shows us that we have to pray. We have to deep dive into that knowledge. How? By asking for our spiritual understanding to come into alignment, for asking, you know, for God to help us to open the doors, open that divide between our flesh, our intellect, 
and the spirit realm so that we can actually get, we can actually access that information, okay? Because there is a plan that God has for our lives. And, you know, because we are human, I don't think we will ever truly be in perfect alignment. I just, you know, that is just, I I don't think it's possible because we are fallen creatures. We are humans. However, the, the, the closer we get to tapping into this deeper understanding through Holy Spirit, I'm not talking through tarot cards and chakra, none of that foolishness. Okay. That's not biblical. That is anti-Christ. Okay. So if that's something that you find yourself leaning toward, that is not, that that's not biblical. You, we have to access God the proper way. Okay. Um, And that is through Holy Spirit. That is through Jesus Christ atoning for our sins. All right. Out of love. Holy Spirit just kind of dropped in my heart that I should drop that in there. So if you're listening and you find yourself, you know, going to psychics or looking at, you know, astrology and all of that, that is not biblical. Okay. And the Bible actually speaks directly against that. All right. If that's a topic that you want for me to talk about, reach out to me. I will be more than happy to seek Holy Spirit about that and find out the best way to present that information. Okay. But, um, you know, just going back to what you know I was saying before, we can ask Holy Spirit for spiritual understanding. We can ask that he show us exactly what his hope is for us. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You have those situations, those circumstances, the opportunities. You don't know which way to go. Pray for spiritual understanding, for enlightenment, so that you can know which, which way you should go, so you can know what you should do, so that you can access the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. That's how we have to do it. This is how we apply the word of God. So when you're feeling frustrated, when you're feeling concerned, when you don't know, you know, the right path in your flesh, in your intellect, you know, in your human state, don't forget you have a verse. You have like three verses for that. And you have a whole spiritual side where God through Holy Spirit is giving you the unction. He's telling you what the truth is. He's telling you the path to take. You know, and for me, this is is so encouraging, you guys, so encouraging because on a daily basis, you know, we are presented with options, okay? One thing that we are not short of in 2021 are options. There are, you. I mean, at any given time, there are about, you know, 10 things that I was like, I could do this or that. I could do this. Even with your time, you know, how should you spend your time? What you should focus on? What you should focus your finances on? You know, what, what you should focus on at your job, your career, you know, side hustles, whatever. You might be thinking, well, how, Lord, how should I properly appropriate the resources, even the time resources? Guess what? You have verses for that. You can rest. As you develop your relationship with Holy Spirit, as you lean in to the word of God, as you lean in and develop your your true, genuine relationship, intimate relationship with God through Holy Spirit, guess what? 
you can access all of the truth. It's like having the inside track. You can do that. I think that is just amazing. That is awesome. Like, wow, God, you are just mind-blowing. I mean, he did not leave anything to chance. Everything is in the word of God. Everything that we deal with, there is a verse for that. Apples. This concludes part two of the two-part series, Bible verses that you can declare daily in your life to whip Satan's backside. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to let me know. Also, too, please reach out if you are listening in. I would love to shout you out. I would love to acknowledge your presence here in the Good Apple community. So please reach out to me. I look forward to talking with you. Okay, check back next Sunday for a new episode. All right, and don't forget to follow all the social media platforms because I like to communicate with other Good Apples. Okay, so remember, I am Sharonda Simone, and I will either see you at the top or from the top. You decide. Bye.